Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Um, I'm here, uh, Jacob, as always, with uh, my co-host, B. B, what brings you joy right now? Today, I played Never Have I Ever on Zoom with my coworkers, and that was amazing. You know, it got wild, and like, <laughs> and so I appreciated that. I have never been in a Never Have I Ever like a uh, game that didn't get wild and i was i didn't have that expectation for this one because it was with my co-workers but it got wild and i appreciated it that's amazing <laughs> yes i can't i can't say i can't i can't really tell you the story on there but no <laughs> trust me we'll 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 save that for another time what about you what's giving you joy uh so you sent me a story from the band group love who has created a children's book that has given me joy. <laughs> so um, we, B and I both have uh, some nibblings, young nibblings in our family who will be getting this group love. Uh, nibblings? Book. It's not a medical condition. It is the gender neutral word for nieces and nephews. Yes. World, please start using the word nibbling. Right. And for for our guests and for our listeners, if they don't know, B and I are also what, what are called group lovers or lovers because we are huge fans of group love so um yes but anyway that's beside the point <laughs> they well, got a kid's book they got a kid's book <laughs> which is very exciting with music which just makes it even more exciting um so I anyways like one for myself what's yeah two, we'll get two. no judgment <laughs> <laughs> um so, so who do we have here today so today we are welcoming Jeanette Patty and Ryan Boone, who are both UNLV students, but also very active in the uh, Indigenous and Native American communities here. So we'd like to have uh, you two. Well, first off, welcome. Um, and if you two would like to introduce yourselves uh, to our audience. So we'll go ahead and start with Jeanette. Uh, I'll start off with my Navajo introduction, just so listeners know I did like just rambling off in different language. Um, She'e Jeanette Patty. Hello, my name is Jeanette Patty. I'm a member of the Navajo Nation. I am 21 years old. I'm a college student studying liberal arts, and I am the former Miss Native UNLV 2018-2019. All right. Welcome. All right, Thank Ryan. You. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. Um, I'm Walker River Paiute and uh, I'm 21 as well. At UNLV, I am a senior and I'm studying computational physics and also ma minoring in American Indian and Indigenous studies. Um, gotta love the STEM majors, right? <laughs> I, don't even, Shout out. I don't even know what computational <laughs> physics is. Me neither. So. <laughs> I'm trying to go into quantum mechanics and quantum physics. That's something I'm really passionate about. <laughs> that what? is awesome. That is awesome. 
The I, only thing I know about quantum comes from a fiction book that is just a hot mess. So <laughs> I can't ask you anything like interesting about that. Is that but that is very that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That is that is amazing. <laughs> I I mean I still don't quite understand what that means actually. <laughs> I am familiar with those terms. <laughs> and I watch a lot of sci-fi and read a lot of sci-fi, so they they talk about those things whether or not it's true i don't know but they talk a lot about those things <laughs> i could go on and on about quantum computers and the quantum realm another conversation i guess huh yeah is this is this like the alternate timelines in the show community like i just don't understand <laughs> you know i was always good with math and the arts and languages when i was little but science was like my weakness I, in college, I took chemistry at the community college just because I didn't know that I was going to do very good at the university. So I was like, let me not take any chances. Let me just get that transfer. Just get that T. <laughs> so that, that's, that's my level of sciencing. So clearly we're not having you both on to talk about science. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't know where that conversation would go. Um, but we, we did, we, we did invite you both on cause you know, we're very interested. And as we talk to you, um, or, you know, and our listeners know we're, we're starting a series. This is the second show of our series on why people are voting, um, and why it's important to vote. Uh, so, so we'll just start off generally with that question. Um, cause I know we can go a lot of places with that, but, um, you know, why, for you, for your community as, as you know, uh, college students, young people, members of indigenous communities, why are you voting? So we'll, we'll start with Ryan. Why, why are you voting? Why is it important to vote? Well, for me, it's important to vote um, for the primary reason to have our voices heard. So it's gone way too long where indigenous voices are often suppressed and not heard. And there's very important things going on, you know, um, in terms of the land, the water, like so many things that are important to us. And we're trying to make changes happen, but, you know, um, government institutions, uh, institutions in general, just don't listen to Native voices yet. And so, you know, it's important to get out there and vote, um, to me especially, because, you know, there's a lot of great things that I'm really passionate about. And I want to see those changes happen, and they need to happen. What is one of the things that you're passionate about? So, in terms of politics, or in general, just in, just anything. Except anything like, you can tell me about quantum stuff, but I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm really passionate about language, um, you know, and it's a whole nother conversation too, you know, with language revitalization, how. Uh, many indigenous languages are ceasing to exist today, you know, and that's at the cause of the government. And so, you know, I'm really passionate about my language and taking every chance and opportunity I have to learn a new word every every other day, you know. And so, you know, I guess I'll share like a little bit um, to say good morning in uh, Numa or Paiute, Pisha Awamoa, or even just thank you, Pisha you. So, you know, it's just Language is very beautiful. If you know, we had a, a linguistics major, I'd be taking that in a heartbeat, I tell you. Um, but yeah, that's something I'm really passionate about. And yeah. 
And language is very important because it absolutely connects you to your roots and to your culture in a way that is not just how you're communicating. It's like deeper than that. Um, and I know that from from just like my family experience, I'm an immigrant, so English is not my first language. And I know how important it is that when the cousins that I have that were born and raised in the States and, and my niblings that are growing up, like being born here and raised, being raised in the States, how important it is to teach them at home for my, for my aunts and uncles and for my siblings to, to teach them Spanish, but also to teach them like Salvadorian Spanish and how that influences the culture. Like it's, it's, there's a connection that is beyond the words that are used. Um, So like, I can appreciate the importance of that. No, you're absolutely right. You know, language is definitely connected to culture. It also holds stories, history, beliefs. It holds so much, and each word is important. Um, you know, so at UNLV, um, something we're trying to do is work with the new Southern Paiute people to have a language course implemented, uh, similar to how UNR implemented a Northern Paiute language course. And that just further helps to revitalize the language. And so that's something we're having discussions with um, with the community right now to make that happen. But you're absolutely right. Language is so important. And it's sad that it's diminished so far right now. And it's, there's also like some violence to that, to like wanting to cut out the language or like prevent people from learning their own languages. Mm-hmm their native languages that in a way is very American, right? Like it's like you have to assimilate and you have to do things a certain way. Um, So there's violence behind preventing people from learning their native languages. It's very sad not many people know that history, you know, how our ancestors were put into boarding schools and the language was forced out of them, the culture was forced out of them. you know, as a result of that, our ancestors, you know, they feared teaching and passing on that language because they didn't want their children to be be murdered or killed, you know? And as a result, our language is practically gone. And too, like when ancestors, when we say ancestors, people think that like, you know, it's far back in history, but you know, it's with Native Americans, I don't know about other racial groups, but with Native Americans, they were forcing us to speak English and punishing us for speaking our native language. And it was our grandparents that were experiencing this. It wasn't that far back at all. Um, So Jeanette, why are you voting? I'm, I feel like my views on voting are a little bit more, I don't know, aggressive. (laughs) We like that. (laughs) Big smiles here. Tell us everything. Um, so when I think about why it's important to vote, I think about just kind of all the voter suppression in throughout history and even still today. Like, I mean, there are policies right now that they're like native communities are fighting that are making it impossible for them to vote. Um, like the, where they're saying that you can't have a PO box in order to vote. You have to have a physical address, but a lot of reservations you can't you don't have it at like a physical address like that and 
I mean, they can't exactly move. That's their home. Mm -hmm. And these policies are done specifically for voter suppression. And it's just, I just want to do what they, what the system doesn't want me to do. Just kind of, they don't want us to vote. They've tried so hard through so many years and centuries to keep us from voting, but now I'm able to, and I definitely want to be able to kind of stick my tongue out in their face and raise my voice. That's so nice that you're sticking your tongue out and not (laughs) something else, like us. (laughs) (laughs) Jeanette, are there other specific issues that you're you know, super passionate about that kind of help motivate you uh, when it comes to thinking of voting? Oh, definitely. Like I, um, one of the big issues when I was Miss Native that was my, that became my platform was the issue of missing, missing and murdered indigenous people or other, you can also, it's also called um, missing and murdered indigenous women, missing and murdered indigenous women, girls of two spirits. Um, All that is kind of under the same umbrella and well at least it's supposed to be under the same umbrella and that issue is definitely another reason why we should be voting is because you know not many people know about it unfortunately it's an issue that is being suppressed it's uh it's really horrendous it's a uh what it basically is is that they the u.s government Sorry, I'm not completely sure where to start. It's just such a big issue with a lot of different moving parts with the federal government and with culture and how they treat Native women. But I guess the best place to start is, in regards to voting, is the Violence Against Women Act. Um, It's important for us to vote because there are laws that are starting to change and we need to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. And we need to vote people in who have the same ideals as us and who will get things done. And the Violence Against Women Act, there's different things that are being added to it that will help eradicate the issue of missing and murdered indigenous people. And one of the big reasons that we need to have policies against it is because it's a it's a jurisdictional nightmare, honestly. It's such a mess with MMIW. So, and it's... There's not enough media coverage. Mm-hmm. There's not, like, uh, authorities do not investigate, um, do not investigate cases where indigenous women go missing or are murdered. Sometimes, yes. like, they turn out like you know the bodies turn out mm-hmm. and they don't get investigated they don't get it's just they don't get um classified as murdered so yeah. there's no investigation that goes on it's mm-hmm. a huge issue which is a feminist issue and it doesn't right. get attention in the feminist world mm-hmm. i am currently reading hood feminism so i'm like all about that Ooh. um <laughs> And, and it's, it, it is a huge issue. And right now there's like very little laws. Right now I feel mm-hmm. like the United States is like on defense. Like we're like barely hung, trying to hang on the very little laws that are, that protect marginalized communities. Right. Mm-hmm. 
voting that gives us a little like you know the idea we want to get to a place where we demand more um and we have elected officials that fight for more than mm -hmm. what we have what we have is not perfect yeah by, by a mm -hmm. long ass shot right yeah right but uh but like even like what we what we have is not enough but what we have they're trying to take away mm -hmm. right so we're kind of in a, mo a, a moment in time where it's we are not fighting necessarily for more. We are fighting for things not to be taken away. It, right. It's like yeah. we're on the defense. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's important to like always have like the vision of what is it that we want? Where are we actually going to? And, and it is something that um, I feel like it's something that, that we always like have to listen to where we come from to be able to see these ideal places and these idealized visions. Um, and, and it's something that we can't just like imagine it. We have to imagine it a bit, but we also have to take the wisdom of like our ancestors and generations before us. Um, so I, I don't know. What do y'all think about that? You know, because I feel like we're all in the same line. We're like fighting for what we have, mm -hmm. but it's like, where do we want to go past that? definitely think you know with the direction we're moving in the direction we want in the end um we have to ultimately strive for equity you know i know um in a lot of political conversations the conversation is really aimed at equality but equality isn't enough equality just gives everyone the same tools for success but equity gives everyone that same platform you know it it gives i don't know how to put it, it it's a, it's a complex term you know but giving more towards the communities that actually need it so that they can be on the same level as everyone you know right. um yeah. there's this really great design i can't remember off the top of my head um but you know it talks about equality equity and justice and you know we're in a time right now where a lot of marginalized communities aren't given that and we need to have these discussions it's really important and we need to move forward in the direction of voting these people in power that can give it to us you know these rights that we need um to just live day by day but not only that but to move past just living day by day and to live in a life where we don't have to worry about any of these things you know and yeah like um i guess an easier to kind of help you out, Ryan, with the definition of equity to give like the appropriate tools for success that people need. Right. Instead of just giving everyone the same tools, you give them what they need. Yeah, I'm imagining that that cartoon, I'm sure you all have seen it with the like the individuals the watching fence? the yeah, that are watching mm -hmm. the baseball game with the fence, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's if everybody has the same height platform, that's not going to matter because there's people that are still going to be too short. Mm -hmm. to look and justice would be, fence. and justice would be getting rid of that fence altogether. You know, right. I had, we were talking about this um, in a discussion at my work, and one of the things um, my coworkers brought up is that, you know, the people in that picture are not even in the stands. Why aren't they in the stands? Why are they outside the stadium? You know, right. And so just thinking about that altogether how that applies with our communities as well, you know? Mm 
Those definitely. You know, I love point. that because, and that reminds me that we always have to question everything. <laughs> I'm totally gonna throw you under the bus right now because I just no no no. I think that's the wrong term. I'm really fine with English. Who saying. are you throwing under the bus? <laughs> no, why? I'm gonna like put you on the spot. That's the, I'm really bad with there English names, yo. Okay, so what is something that you have questioned like during this pandemic that you hadn't before? Is there something that you'd like? really questioned our government's response to it all you know <laughs> in all honesty at the start of the pandemic um there was no consistent voice on what our community should be doing what like pre preventative measures or precautions in general and you know there was that disconnect from state governments and federal where the federal government and the poor example the president was setting for you don't need to wear masks versus and communities and CDC, everyone's saying, everyone else saying that you should be wearing masks. So it's like, there's a there's a huge discrepancy and, oh shoot, I just forgot your question. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it was like, why have you questioned this during this pandemic that you hadn't before? Mm -hmm. Got you. Yeah, I, I mean, I really questioned the capabilities of our institutions to support minority communities. Um, who like questioning, are they really good enough to support us? You know, I feel like that's a big question, you know? And also um, generally institutionalized racism, you know, really questioning what is being done at the moment right now and hopefully for the future to address these issues and not just address, but implement actions to, you know, create wholesome change. I think that's really important. And I know one of the things kind of along with that, that I noticed, um, you know, from the media, particularly early on, and I mean, still today, particularly with the pandemic, is that the pandemic has disproportionately affected BIPOC. And our media insists on giving people who don't believe that the virus is a thing more of a platform than addressing the fact that BIPOC are being more disproportionately negatively affected by the pandemic and so it's like and which which goes along with promoting the white supremacy the media is complicit in promoting the white supremacy because the, the you know the BIPOC who are being affected by this don't matter in lieu of us let's say you know showing or giving credence to these fantastical beliefs that the virus isn't as bad as it as it is so you know I think that that's a, a very fair thing that you know it's thinking about oh the government's going to do what's right you know, we may have politics, but when people are suffering, the government's going to do what's right. Clearly, they failed um, and continue to fail in doing what's right, despite the fact that people are suffering. And oh, yeah. one of the reasons, there's like a million reasons why they're <laughs> going to continue to fail. But one of the reasons is because they do not represent the communities that are being affected. So mm -hmm. until there's enough black, indigenous and people of color, including immigrants, including new Americans, like there's not going to be that care if, if they don't even have those communities in mind. So that's why forget about like putting those communities in their minds. We just have to take over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> and what about you, Janet? Uh huh. Yes, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say really quick, like you know, these conversations, these 
discussions, you know, they get me heated because, you know, thinking about all the injustices that are happening. Like you talked about the pandemic and it made me remember early on, um, you know, when tribes requested um, COVID testing, instead they were sent body bags, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's things like that being dismissed. And, you know, in our reservations, our tribal communities, the virus hits very much different. You know, it's like, it's still important to be noticed and addressed in our communities, but there also has to be a realization that, you know, on reservations, um, there's a lack for basic needs, sometimes like water, you know, and it's like the conditions are poor and the needs aren't being met. Mm-hmm. And just kind of going off of that, like, I mean, with all this, I question the if the people who are in power should even be in power, honestly. I thought that, you know, they had the qualifications. I thought that they knew what they were doing and I was proved wrong completely. And I, a lot of people were proved wrong. I mean, the my tribal nation, the Navajo nation had to sue for the COVID relief money. They had to sue the US government for the money that was already promised to them and was supposed to go to them. And that's just, completely like it makes you feel like things aren't even real like stuff like that like that you would not believe that that's real it's something that you would see in like a movie or a tv show and you're like oh we would be better than that but we weren't and even the fact like what ryan was saying that our people don't even have the infrastructure to be able to even fight off the virus in even the smallest way they didn't have running water they didn't have electricity they didn't have the ability to even hear what was going on in the world they didn't know a lot of people for a while didn't know that a virus was going on and that is that just sounds unreal but it's real and the fact that that has gone on for so long and it took a virus to have like a a catastrophe basically for people to start saying, hey, this is wrong. We should get this fixed. This needs to change. And for people to try to actually help, it's just, it's disheartening, but it also kind of makes you roll up your sleeves and say, okay, well, well, this is what we need to fix. Right. Ooh, let's let's go with that. Let's talk about motivations. Um, So has, has this pandemic or, you know, like the response, like everything that, that's been happening during this pandemic, has that motivated you to go in like a certain way with your life? Take that as, you know, wherever it applies. Like, is it applying your like schoolwork? Is it applying your um, um, organizations at school or in your community, like in general? Well, most, I mean, this, what's happened in the world has definitely made, like, shoved me into what I want to do for the rest of my life. And um, I guess I was kind of lucky in that way that, you know, I was on the edge of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I got this huge shove and it's really 
it's definitely given me a lot to think about the pandemic and it i decided to take action too i hosted a donation drive for um the cares program in albuquerque new mexico mm -hmm. and cares is a program that's part of the first nation community health source and they service indigenous people who have been forced into sex trafficking which is another um big issue that relates to mmiw and it really helped me realize that there's a lot to be done out there, a lot to be done on the streets, a lot to be done in regards to like legislation and policy. And it kind of helped me take the stepping stone to doing the donation drive. And then with a donation drive, I realized, hey, like I never really did this before because I didn't think I was capable, but I'm completely capable. And there's so many people who are, who can do these big things. And so that's the the pandemic dip definitely pushed me into realizing that I want to help and fix things. That's that's awesome. And that's how I mean that's how I heard about you was the through yeah. the cares drive. It was on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who it was. There were a couple different people that I follow that have posted about your your donation drive and so that's I mean, that's what got us to, to hear. And I, th I think that's, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. So, you know, one of the, the questions that I had kind of going into this were, you know, was kind of thinking along those lines. And if there was one thing, or if there was a moment or a time in your lives that you, you know, that either of you kind of thought, okay, this is it, this is why I need to get involved. Um, or this is, you know, kind of, as you said, Jeanette, kind of like, determined or, or helped you find focus in what you want to do with your life. Um, you know, so I'm interested to hear if there is anything else kind of in your, you know, in either of your lives that kind of, you know, gave you that that push or that that motivation. I mean, I think, you know, and I, I will speak as, as someone far older than even B, not that not really, but, um, you know, like, I can pinpoint a couple, you know, times in my life that I was like, okay, this is it. This is this is what I need to be doing. This is why I need to be doing. Um, but obviously it's not something maybe I knew in the moment, uh, when I was your age, I, I don't know if I knew that, but I'm curious to see for either of you, if there's, you know, if this was the moment or if there was a previous time where you're like, yeah, this is why I need to get involved. Um, I guess it's just been the whole, this whole half a year, I guess it's not really exact, like one specific moment. It's this whole half of a year, just kind of seeing how things have been going, how like, in completely disorganized the country's been the on every level in the government and just kind of seeing hey like you know i thought that these people were going to be doing a good job maybe i could do a better job and just kind of taking that and going with it and seeing what i can do to help and you know in the as a pretty just kind of just a little college student you know doing what I can and seeing that that's some, like, even though I'm just a, like one young woman, I could still do a lot. And that definitely like this whole half, like up until now, yeah, the whole year, 2020 so far, that was the moment. <laughs> that makes sense. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think you know that's you a pretty say? fair. <laughs> And when you say that I, I can maybe do better than you most definitely can do better than a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. even like the, the current occupant of the White House, that bro can't even read. Oh, yeah. 
Pusa. What about you, Ryan? Quite a few instances, actually, for me. Um, so, you know, a lot of the work and advocacy I do is within education, um, particularly how education portrays Native and treats Native students, you know? Um, and so it's been a few years since I uh, graduated high school. So I've been in the K-12 system, but, you know, from times that I remember, it's, you know, Native history, you know, Native correct history, you know, is often overlooked. And, you know, changes like that need to occur. And, you know, other things I remember um, participating in Native American Student Association, we went to the Moapa powwow a while back. And one of the things that um, the Moapa reservation, they told us was that this is the first time we're ever seeing UNLV come to our reservation. And that struck me. That was a very strong thing that hurt my heart because why is it like, I understand UNLV can like, they should try to recruit students from all over, you know? But why is it that when they prioritize recruiting students, it's really in-state students that are not native and then out-of-state students like going to those trips to Hawaii to get recruit students there or like around other states, um, et cetera, you know? But when there's the Moapa Reservation that is literally like 40 minutes outside Vegas, how come we were the first time that they've ever seen UNLV come to the reservation? So it's things like that. It's also being in my um, classes where I hear my teacher uh, to a class of 40 plus students say, you got to do as a Native Indian and put war paint on, you know? And so it's like this education system is not portraying natives the right way or supporting native students you know and it's like those 40 plus students are probably going to go on thinking that's okay to say things like that and to for natives to be portrayed that way but you know as natives we're still here we have a voice and it's not right you know changes have to be made so those particular instances like that that have gotten me really involved within the Nevada Native Caucus and within the Indian Education Advisory Committee within Nevada. Because I want to see those changes happen, you know? And you have to start from somewhere. You got to work with others and actually make these changes happen. You got to stop wishing for the changes to happen. You have to make them happen. Heck yeah. I, first of all, like, that's like, that's so amazing. I love it. Um, but I also want to like, make some space to like really um appreciate how you guys have had to take initiatives that students that white students don't have to worry about right like um as indigenous students you probably have had to like defend um defend misconceptions about about your whole community like you have to represent not only your your um, tribal communities, but probably like indigenous peoples in general. And that takes a toll. That is hard. Um, and I, you know, like when I was in college, I went to college in Arkansas. So like, people would ask me some things. And sometimes I felt like I, 
I had this weight on my shoulders that I had to represent either all immigrants or all, not even all Salvadorians. It was like all Latin Americans. Um, and, and it's an extra weight that you have to carry. That you have to carry on your shoulders, right? Do you have anything to say to that? Because I, I know you most likely are living it and you're, because of that, you have to like grow extra fast and you have to get involved in more things because you're always like trying, you know, at least that was in my experience. I was always trying to like do more because I felt like I was doing it just not for myself, but for like my whole family and like all of my peoples. So what do you have to say to that? I would say, you know, as we shouldn't have to be the spokesperson for our entire community of people. I think that's just wrong, you know? I think, you know, in general conversations, talking about who you are as a person, it's great, you know? But when you have to explain to someone these basic concepts that, you know, they should have already learned within this education system, it, like you said, it really takes a toll. It's that mental toll, you know, even just discussions like this. I know I'm taking a nap after this. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, it's really important to vote and put the people in power, the right people in power that will make the changes so that in the future we can have a well-educated community that, you know, knows these things, these basic things that so that the work doesn't have to be put onto marginalized communities to explain these concepts. Because again, we shouldn't have to be the spokesperson for our entire groups of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, personally for a while, I took some time and I questioned whether or not this is what I wanted to do, like to be basically a spokesperson to continue to go around bringing awareness about issues educating people, talking to people about these different things, because it was just something that I had become. It was something you know, like, like you said, uh, it was something that I, like the role that was put on me by other people, by the, the world, basically. And it, I had to take a step away from everything and think about if this is what I actually wanted to do. And a lot of people don't do that, unfortunately, like, they just keep going and they don't actually think oh, is this what I want to be doing even? I know that like this is a strain on me and this is a lot to do to try to change people's minds and to um, make them unlearn generations of stereotypes and just misinformation. And they just keep going with it and they end up kind of hating it. But yeah, I ultimately decided that this was something that I wanted to do and that I was passionate about. And we do need, we basically need non-native, non-black, non-people of color, non-immigrant, basically white people. We need white people <laughs> to like make it, take the responsibility to educate themselves, to fight for making these changes so that it, it, we are teaching the right things and we're teaching the truth in schools so that we so you know so that ryan can be just a quantum scientist computer <laughs> whiz or i don't remember <laughs> you know and not computational physics computational physics quantum <laughs> theory things 
you know, and like he can just be that and not have to like be that and an educator and a legislator and a, mm -hmm. and like an active and like you have right now we are faced with sometimes the 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 responsibility of like I'm an artist and I have to be thirty other things as well because I want to have the opportunity to advance in this country. So I need the white peoples to make it their priority too. And too, it's hard not to try to educate and try to want to change people's minds about these things. Like you can't keep yourself from doing it. Like I know Ryan and I, we've had experiences of people that are insane. I mean, not like insane, but they're just, people are incredibly misinformed. It's people asked us what Native Americans were. I've had people tell me that I wasn't Native American because Native Americans are extinct. And like the bar is so incredibly low. And that's not even being misinformed. That's just being an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh God, like you can't even like Wikipedia things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. My yeah. blood pressure. I'm also going to need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, I, I, and it definitely is, I think, I mean, because obviously, as you all know, and I think our listeners can see, like, I, I am a white man, and I don't have to think, I don't have to think about these things. I choose to think about them, but I don't have to, because it's not facing me every day, um, which is one of the reasons why I make it a point to bring up these issues and to talk to these issues with family, friends, neighbors on the street, Twitter today. Don't check my Twitter. This is really <laughs> some, some shit today. <laughs> I created a burner so Twitter a few weeks ago. That's not what I use today, but that's what I was. <laughs> I did a couple weeks ago to do that. Um, but I mean, but that is that is definitely something because I can go home at the end of the day and I don't have to worry about it. And that's because the system was set up for me, um, you know. And I, I was very fortunate, as I mentioned um, before we started recording. The college I went to, we were all required to learn the history of our college as a Native American boarding school. I had never heard of that before I went to college and was very much horrified um, at the history. But that was something that we learned the true history. So we weren't out there, you know, thinking naively about how the origins of our college were, you know, allegedly altruistic because they weren't altruistic at all. It was, you know, a terrible way to try, you know, it was genocide. Um, and so that was something that I was very fortunate to learn, you know, right, you know, right off the bat when I started college, but it shouldn't be in college that I learned that I should have learned that far earlier than being 18 and learning that. That's how it should be. People like should learn since they're like little and be horrified because it is a horrific history right. that this country, that yeah. what the United States, as we know it right now, was built on. It was built on genocide. It was be built on like so many horrific things, and it, it should be horrifying. Like we mm -hmm. shouldn't be caring about like emotions or like guarding kids or people from emotions because that's the least that we need to experience. Right. Yeah, and also like country reality. <laughs> yeah, kids are experiencing this. Like they're experiencing today. We why if they're if they're able to handle this, they should be able to handle the truth. Like obviously within reason as far as developmental, you know, things, but like No, just kidding. But like if you're in high school, you can handle the truth. If you're in middle school, you can handle the truth. I went 
you know, one of the most, the things that I remember most vividly from elementary school is I wrote a report on General George Custer when I was like in second grade or third grade. And then like in middle school, I learned how horrible he was and how horrible what his mission was. And I should have learned that before writing a report about him that was like, this guy was great. No, he was fucking terrible. And there's, I shouldn't have written a, a report about him. And if it was a report that I wrote about him, it should have been highly critical. Not, mm-hmm. he was a military hero. He was not a military hero. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it's like, why, why in our education system, year after year, we learn the same thing? Why don't we learn other things, you know, like outside the U.S. or about about these communities. But why is it that, you know, every year that we have to learn about U.S. government? I don't know, just something off the top of my head. You know, it's like, we already learned it once. Let's move on to the next thing, you know? And then, too, how I saw this post. I can't remember where it was, but they talked about how, like, the definition of white privilege is the fact that your history is taught as core curriculum and then my history is taught as electives and extra classes that you can take for fun basically if if sometimes that's that's like on good best case scenario Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not even available yeah um so on that sweet note (laughs) (laughs) is there anything that you would like to share that you think people should be listening to or reading or uh, paying attention to? Is there anything that you want to share that you want to recommend to us? I know before our meeting, um, we talked about the All My Relations podcast, which, you know, I've listened to a couple of their podcasts and they talk about really important topics and issues that are within Native communities. Um, one of which, like blood quantum, how does that affect our indigenous communities? Um, because blood quantum, that's a continued genocide. You know, it still exists to this day, and not many people realize that, you know, down the line, like, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's just a hidden genocide, and, you know, the government hasn't done anything to change that. But regardless, you know, all my relations, they talk about really important um, issues and topics. So, yeah. So that is a podcast that people can use to educate themselves yeah. without having to put to, to like request emotional labor from people. Mm-hmm. What about we you? should get paid to have these conversations. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I one thing, what recent book that I read, I can't remember the title for the life of me. But I know the author, she's written a couple different things. Her name is Yikala Saw. And she is a Lakota woman who uh, was way ahead of her time. She knew how to read, knew how to write. And I'm not completely sure, but I think like it's from like the 1800s that she lived in. And so that was, you know, unheard of of the time for a Lakota woman to be reading and writing and, you know, writing novels and all these different things and short stories. And so I think that she's, she writes beautifully. And I'm, I just recently read one of her uh, collection of short stories and she talks about uh, life before the boarding schools and life during the board, like in the boarding schools and how completely different they were and all these other things. And uh, 
definitely a really good read that I would recommend. Um, and something that I've been listening to uh, on Spotify, there is, is an account, their Damaged Eardrum. They recent, they were a, they were on the UNLV radio show, I guess. I can't, I don't know anything about like podcasts or radio, but they were like on UNLV's radio station and it was their own show. And they would uh, only have, they would only have uh, bands from Las Vegas that were indie and rock and hip hop. And so they created a Spotify playlist that is local black artists. Oh. That is on your, on your link tree, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're going to share it. <laughs> We're gonna share with people. Oh yeah, definitely. I unfortunately the radio show Damaged Eardrum isn't on anymore. Uh, I think they said that they're moving on to a different show. I can't remember or not, but I know they're on Instagram. You can follow them, and they'll tell you what's going on with them. But they're definitely a good resource too. That is awesome. Um, I will have to check that out. I was not familiar with it. I looked at your link tree, but I probably didn't didn't make a connection i, I spend all my day on spotify so i should <laughs> i should like that's gonna be a nice playlist. playlist yeah mm-hmm. um so so our last question for for you two um since we started it off um what what brings you joy right now what are what are some things that are bringing you joy um i'll go first so something that really brings me joy recently is something that i've always that has always brought me joy is learning new things. And so I started to learn how to skateboard, something that I've always wanted to do. Nice. <laughs> and awesome. It's been very painful and, <laughs> <laughs> and kind of scary, but I really like it. It's, uh, it helps me get outside, exercise, learning something new, better, getting better at balance, everything like that. Have you gone to like skate parks yet? Oh, no. Or are you like, are you like, no, just like on my, on my, what's it called? On the, just like on the street. On like the in sidewalk. The, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not I'm already picturing you at the Winchester, you know, they have right. that skate park. <laughs> I'm already like picturing oh, you. Oh my God. Maybe in a couple of years, I'm still falling a lot and can barely kick off, but I'm learning. Nice. Hey, that's a that's a that's a a great thing to learn for sure. And we have a city where there's a lot of places to skate, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What's bringing you joy? Um, I want to sound like a broken record, but still, language uh, that still brings me joy. But also, you know, just listening to various new songs. Um, I've really been listening to Bleachers and Passion Pit. And I know y'all brought up group love. Like nice. I love Tongue Tide. So Yes. <laughs> You're one of them. Great songs. Yeah. <laughs> I love bleachers. Yeah. That was one of the last concerts I feel like I, I went to the yes. before times. It was in December. I think of that concert often. <laughs> did you go, Brian? Did you happen to go to the bleachers concert? Okay. 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 I was I like, wish. We <laughs> right. Uh thank you all so much 
Uh, this has been great, and we loved having you here. Yeah, this um, is thank awesome. you for sharing your passions and your opinions with us, and with everybody that's gonna listen to this. Um, you wanna close us out, Jacob? Well, first, oh. before I do that, uh, so for our listeners, are there places that our listeners can follow you? Twitter, Instagram, other stuff. If you wanna shout out your your handles on those, uh, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you're interested. Um, we definitely want people to, you know, follow you. Either one of you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram or or Facebook. Um, my full name, Jeanette Patty, J-O-N-N-E-T-T-E-P-A-D-D-Y. Um, I think my Instagram is Peppermint Patties. Uh, kind of like an inside joke. That was almost the name that my parents named me, Peppermint, nice. because of my last name. <laughs> And um, just some kind of other organizations that I'd like to shout out that I think people should be following is uh, the Fifth Sun Project on Instagram. They do a lot of great stuff. If you're looking to get involved, they always have stuff that's they're sharing from different communities, from the indigenous communities. They're very active and amazing people. Um, the Sovereign Bodies Institute, they have a MMIW toolkit to be a better ally and to uh, take action within your community for MMIW. It's really amazing. It's really, it's a lot. It's really thick. It's like 300 pages almost. It's a lot wow. of different work, uh, data, worksheets, things that you can, places you can go to learn more, people you can go to learn more. And um, the Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women is also a great one. It was, they're involved with the program that I hosted the donation drive for. And they all, they also on July 30th, this past July 30th, they hosted a, a human draft, human trafficking awareness day of, and it was more specific to indigenous communities and land and body violence and definitely something that I'd recommend watching the zoom video. Um, and here in Las Vegas, there's another organization. They're called the cupcake girls. And it's not really indigenous based. It's just kind of everybody, anybody in Las Vegas locally who has been a victim of sex trafficking, they can go there and seek resources. And you can donate, you can volunteer. There's a lot of awesome things that you can do. And like, it's just really important to realize what your privilege is and to use it as a, to help other people. Cause everybody has privilege and it's just so important for you to find out what it is and then help other people who are not as privileged as you with it. What about you, Ryan, any uh, social media like us to, to post about? Um, I guess if any of viewers or listeners are interested, um, you can add me on Facebook, uh, Ryan Boone. Um, don't be cautious. Like if you don't align with my, set views like there will be an unfriend i will say i'll, I'll tolerate <laughs> you will I'll get tolerate, cut <laughs> but yeah i don't tolerate negativity or like um any of that sort um also i guess i'd like to plug um nasa the native american student association um if y'all want to follow uh and leave a like on facebook um the handle i believe is unlv nasa and on instagram it's nasa unlv um, and so, you know, if you want to learn more about Native culture, just shooting us a message, um, just, you know, no question is a bad question, really. If, you, if you're coming from a genuine place and you want to learn more, 
definitely reach out and we'll help you out. And also you can stay connected with future events that are going on as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So was NASA taken on Instagram? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were UNLV NASA as well on Instagram at one point, but we lost our login info. So that account yeah. still exists, but the last post on that was probably in 2018. Yeah. So Ain't nobody going to reply. And they, and no, nobody going to reply from that one. It's going to limbo. <laughs> right. Well, we'll make sure to, uh, to, to tag you. Um, yeah. and, and we'll tag, uh, UNLV NASA on there as well, or the right account, not, not the wrong one. You just, you just said the right one and I said the wrong one. We'll tag the right one. <laughs> Thank you all so much. You yeah. want to close it out? Do you remember everybody that's on the team, Jacob? I do. All right. The so Wild and Free team. Our, our team includes, uh, Allison, who is our co-founder, original co-wrangler, who is currently in Michigan, awaiting time to go to New York City. We also have Jose Sotelo, Ashley Pacheco, their amazing son, Sebastian, who is walking and talking. He says some words. Uh, and uh, Raven, who is their amazingly chill puppy. And of course, we've got Dwayne, who is Bee's cat. My cat. cat. <laughs> who is did not join us today which is surprising but he's probably actually he's sleeping right there oh he's being lazy excellent yeah, like i can't well this has been wild and free a battleborn podcast adios